Okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the table. My name is Marta. I'm one of the board members here, and I am so excited that you are here for our pride service tonight. Woo! So we um, at the table, um, we've been kind of celebrating Pride Month all, all month long. Um, and I think a big part of our church is that we want to be a place that isn't kind of being a corporate pride and be like, okay, this is what the city's doing. So like this will match our little pride flag and you're welcome here and we'll move on. Like this is something that's really core to who we are. So whether you've been coming here since day one or this is your first time, we're so glad that you're here. Um, if you are new here, um, I just want to say, like, thanks for being brave and coming to do a new thing. I know that walking into religious spaces can be a little much when you haven't done it for a while. And this is a very churchy church building. So I'm going to say it a couple times, but like, listen to your body, be in touch with what's going on. If this co anything comes up in you tonight, like feel free to walk around. Um, their bathrooms are just around over that corner. If you want to like get some space, take a drink of water at the drinking fountain, like whatever you need. Um, totally cool. Um, so at the table, we're, as you saw by me picking up the mic, we're kind of like this like awkward little like family potluck thing where not everything always goes to plan, but like everyone's really fun and like like the good kind of family potluck. Um, if those exist, that's what we try to be. Um, and when you go to somebody else's house for a potluck, you can sometimes like see stuff pinned up on their fridge, you know, like receipts or like bills that you have to pay if you're like me you're super nosy and you just kind of like want to know what's about everybody's house and what they're up to if you're like my partner he is like I'm here for the meal and my friends and I'm not going to be nosy about other people's stuff so we have a couple announcements that we have to get into that's kind of like what's pinned up on the table's fridge right now if you're a guest like feel free to be like me and be nosy and really tune in and if not like it's fine so Permission to tune out, granted, if this if you're a guest. If you're not, if this is your house, focus up. This is on your fridge. Okay. Next week. Next week? Oh, my gosh. Next week is July. July 2. Um, normally, we're a nighttime church. We are a Sunday morning church one Sunday of the year, but it's okay because we are outside. We will, <laughs> we will be meeting at the band show. Um, church is at 10 a.m., um, come hang out. It's going to be really fun. This is also a really great time um, to invite your friends. Um, I can, my husband can give some really good coffee shop recommendations around the area. Bring your coffee, come hang out, um, be a morning church with us for the one and only time of year. Um, so this is especially like when, I, when I'm talking about stuff pinned up on our fridge. Um, we had a couple, a couple weeks ago, we had a, a team, um, a member meeting where we talked about our budget. Um, and so we, um, wanted to just be transparent about what we use the stuff in the budget for. And one of those things, one of like our biggest lines or like a big line on our budget is pride every, every year. So it's getting, getting the space, getting the tent, um, shirts, stickers, printing all these things. Um, that's something that we plan on every year. Um, 
But the reason that we do it is not not like a gimmicky marketing, you know, like we're we're not the target pride table. They they've got they've got much more than a table going on at their stuff if you went out to pride. We're just this little booth. The reason that we do it though is because we want to meet people where they are. So there was um this weekend um somebody walked by our booth and noticed the stickers and was like, "Oh, I guess I'll take one, but was kind of like, you guys are like the Jesus people, and that's just not very comfy with me. Um, and the person that was working the booth was able to like look at them and be like, this is kind of awkward and uncomfortable for me too. Like being in this church and figuring out what religion means to me right now after so much undoing of what I've inherited from growing up and knowing that I want to have faith in something outside of myself and believe that love is the strongest thing possible and trying to figure out what that means in community. And that's really what we're about. We're not, we're not a gimmicky marketing. I hope we're not. I hope we're not perceived or experienced that way. Um, not a place that lives with, um, you know, you're welcome here, but please stay in the back or whatever. Like we want to be a place that really emphasizes flourishing, which is what tonight is all about. Anyway, the financial ask is we want to do pride again next year. We want to do things like pride next year. So if you are able to donate, um, we would very much appreciate that because that's where your dollars are going. Um, so when it comes to today, this is the last little bit of announcement. I got a little bit more. Um, kids, we will all be staying in the sanctuary together. Pastor Jay has some like coloring sheets and fidgets. If you didn't grab some on your way in, that's not just for kids, by the way. Like I said, listen to your body. If you need a little fidget, everybody's welcome to one. Um, so we're all hanging out in here tonight. So here we are at our big old potluck. The center of it is talking about abundant life and flourishing. I was up here last week. We defined some words together. We're going to do that again. Flourish. To flourish is to grow in a healthy way, especially in a particularly good, favorable, or supportive environment. And then, Matt, you want to click over to the abundant definition. Abundant life is a life that is overflowing with the energy, promises, and love of God, so much so that it is hard to imagine, especially promise for those facing difficult times. That's what we want to talk about today is we're going to have different people sharing their stories, sharing different art pieces, sharing poetry, music, talking about what abundant life looks to them. And so I just wanted to read this little blessing to kick us off um, before we start singing a song together. I also just want to say I heard this one time um, and obviously I kept coming back, but I heard somebody say like, if this is your last time coming to church and like you think like, I think this is it and I think I'm done, like we're so excited that you're here and I hope that this is such like a holy exodus for you um, that you continue to find abundant life where you are. So with that, I'm going to read this blessing. It's from Meta Herrick Carlson. She's um, actually a local pastor in her book, Speak It Plain. It's, it has been said that all are welcome means the gates are wide for wolves and sheep to enter in, defeating the purpose of the gate. If it's not safe for sheep, then you may only find wolves. Blessed are you 
who name the codes and platitudes the church uses to comfort the comfortable. You have been welcomed, but only as portions of yourself, as fragments of a person into limitations of sacred love. Blessed are you who challenge simple binaries with good theology and the image of God. Your courage and faith magnify the Creator's delight for our true and unique selves, a gift to the church and the world. If you're able, please stand and sing with us as we keep worshiping together. Thank you all for being here. It is so wonderful to see this room full of life and, and full of community. Um, I'm just going to set up the night just a little bit um, before we get started. So tonight, as we talked about, our theme is flourishing and especially flourishing for our LGBTQ community members to abundant life. We have a couple of people who are going to share vulnerably tonight of themselves and talk about their story in ways that they've been able to flourish in their, in their story, in their lives, in ways that they've experienced abundant life, even if just in small moments. And so tonight, as you listen and receive the stories, however they come to you, just invite you to reflect on them, to reflect how do they speak to your own story. You don't have to be an LGBTQ uh, community member, someone who identifies as queer or trans for these stories to matter to you and to your own story, to your own faith development, to your own life development. And so we just invite you to really sit with them and also to um, appreciate the vulnerability of our community members tonight. This isn't something that they had to do, and this is something that they wanted to do to be able to share in community things that were meaningful and important in their lives. And so um, we're going to begin tonight with Jonah. Uh, we're going to invite Jonah up to share, um, lead us in a very brief little embodiment moment to just center ourselves and then to share. Thank you. No. But happy Pride Month, table community, table Sam. Hold on, give me a second. Um, hi, my name is Jonah. My pronouns are they, them. Um, I am so excited to be here with all of you today. Um, I'm so excited that we are getting to celebrate Pride Month. I'm so excited to be kicking us off um, and for everyone else who is going to be sharing some things. So as we get started, I want to just start by taking a breath for yourself right here and starting to notice what comes up for you in your body as you're thinking about Pride Month and as you're thinking about how we are celebrating our queer siblings. Notice what feelings come up for you in your body, where you're feeling that, and pay attention to that as we continue to move forward through our evening, what emotions come up for you, what you're feeling, what it brings up for you. So for my little section, I'm going to be sharing with you um, this poem, this spoken word. This is called Golden Hour. To be queer is to stand at the crossroads of dawn and dusk, to claim a stake to the betwixt and between of twilight, where the dark is darker and the shadows stretch longer, yet also where the light is brighter and the waning sun warmer. Here in this holy hollow, the night never falls far from our feet, but we also stand strong, anchored beneath a midnight sun. For there is beauty in the midst of the misery where we choose to dance despite the tides of despair, because we know there is no revolution without rejoicing, no liberation without laughter, and no transformation without trial. It's neither day nor night, neither here nor there. It's a paradox and a bursting forth. 
It's the heavy, harrowing horror of our lost transistors and the unmistakable memory of a boy named Matthew who was beaten and killed just like the one we call Christ. And it is also parades in protest, rainbows and ribbons and glitter. It is resistance and the refusal to return to the places where we've been, declaring that we will not disappear, that we are queer, that we are here, and for more than just this time of year. To be queer is also to be soft and gentle. It's a whisper on the wind and a delicate wisdom without words when we're together. It's picking up all of the pieces, all the multicolored, shattered shards of your soul and being met by a multitude of hands helping you shape them back together. It's the coaxing and calling for you to come out of the chrysalis you were wrapped in for so long to emerge as your whole entire self unencumbered by anyone who would have rathered you stay invisible. Just as flowers are not afraid to bloom and caterpillars not afraid to come out of their cocoons, so do we blossom into our fullest selves knowing full well the world waits for us. A world of careful cresses on our hands, of hurriedly nervous heartbeats and magical moments of meeting yourself in the mirror of others. A world where we do not attempt to escape from the enchantment of the encroaching night, but a world where we grow giddy with the anticipation of getting to bask in the glow of the golden hour before the sun, setting sun slips away. To be queer is exactly this, to allow ourselves to coexist in the intermediary between delight and despair, to give in to no fear, no matter where it may fall. It is the weariness of the weights we walk with, and it is also the soft strength and the scent of lavender as the sun is shining through. It is coloring outside the lines, brushes, blending shades and hues and the canvas of courage in your life. Courage to commit to these ethereal spaces where the veil grows thin and we welcome the divine to dance with us. And as we waltz with the one who has always wanted us, we find that our wings are finally unfurling unfettered at last from the arbitrary rules of this world that have knowingly or unknowingly held us down. Free to fly like butterflies who have metamorphosized to follow the love that has long known another life is possible. This is what it means. The magic in the midway that moves us forward to our most marvelous selves. To be queer is to be bravely here. To embrace both the dancing in the dark and the singing in the sunshine to lay down roots and abundantly live in this glorious golden hour. Thank you, Jonah, for sharing. Our next two songs are for you to just receive, to listen to, um, rather than to partake in. So we will not have lyrics up on the screen as you might be accustomed to uh, in a church especially. Um, but we just invite you to receive the next two songs. If you know them, we invite you to still sing quietly along if you'd like or loudly along if you'd really like. Um, but the next two songs are really to just receive. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Sarah Bacher. Um, this is my wife, Hannah. 
Um, I am recently on the board and have been involved at the table for a while. If you are pride today or yesterday, you probably saw me. I was doing that. Um, and I would just like to share with you um, some examples of abundant life um, in my own life. Um, yeah. So um, imagine with me, if you will, a Venn diagram, right? So we have a circle, we have another circle, and then those circles have a, a middle point, right? Where they meet and there is common ground between them. In the one circle, we're going to imagine church. So imagine what church is for you. I'll give you a moment. Church means a lot of things for a lot of people. Church is a lot of things for a lot of people. Uh, in my experience, um, church has been a place uh, where I am loved. When I was growing up, um, I grew up in a Baptist church where... Um, the people in that church were more family than my own family felt to me. Um, and they loved me in my highs and in my lows um, until the day I came out. Um, in our Venn diagram, so we have church over here. Uh, in the other circle, I would like you to consider um, the term I'm going to use is queerness, right? And so... Um, Queerness is not for everybody. It is for some, um, for many, I would say, even if you think it doesn't apply to you. And I'd like you to think for a moment about um, what queerness and queer would being the word that we maybe use as a little bit of an umbrella term is how I'm using it now for LGBTQ people. Think of what queerness is to you in your own life or maybe in the lives of people that you love. For me, personally, um, queerness has meant something different uh, in different seasons of my life. Um, today, it means, um, you know, the queer is the word that I use to describe myself. At one point, it was um, gay or demisexual or lesbian. Um, and those things, as you can imagine, if we have that circle here of queerness and this circle here of church, and they meet in the middle, there's a lot of hurt there usually. There's pain, there's hurt. Um, today, uh, no, sorry, yesterday at Pride, I was um, speaking to a person who just came up to our booth, um, and we were just kind of chatting, and I said, yeah, you know, we're a church in South Minneapolis, and, and they said, well, yeah, I've, I'm Catholic, I've gone to a Catholic church my whole life, and I'm in a bit of an abusive relationship with them, to be honest. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why I stayed, um, but what you're talking about actually sounds like not abusive, even though like church in my life is always abusive. And so that is a story for a lot of people. It was my story, it is part of my wife's story, it is part of a lot of our stories. But today what I want to really focus on and what we are all focusing on as we share is the flourishing and the abundant life that can come at the crossroads of church and queerness. And for me, and at the risk of this sounding like an advertisement, I promise that it's not. But when Jay gave me the prompt, my first question was, does it have to be at the table? And he said, no. And I said, well, I think it's going to have to be because I don't know that I have another example. 
And so for me, the crossroads of church and queerness is the table. That is what the table has been for me and the abundant life that I've had at that crossroads has come from my time at the table. And I would like to just share um, a, a couple of quick anecdotes about that. Um, this was our third year um, having a booth at Pride. And so about three years ago, um, maybe about three and a half years ago, because it was before Pride, um, I went to Debbie um, and I said, hey, do you think we could have a booth at the table? And she said, I promise you, she did not even take a breath before she said it. Yes. Immediate. Like, I almost like didn't even finish my sentence. And she said, yes. And for me, that is, that is why flourishing and abundance comes from the table because it's not a conversation. It's not a, well, we'll see. It is a resounding yes, always yes. Do queer people belong? Yes. Can queer people be on the board can queer people teach our children can queer people be in our nursery can queer people be our children's pastor right like all of those things these are the examples i was giving to people throughout the weekend at pride that yes not only can you come and sit in the pews but only if you don't talk about who you are no yes you can come you can talk about who you are you can be fully you and that is where the abundance comes for me it is not a conversation it is always yes um the next piece of our service um my wife hannah is going to um sing another song for you as part of her sharing and i just wanted to say you know the the song itself um can feel um maybe uh maybe sad at times, right? It is certainly talking about um, some hurtful things, but I just want to, thanks. I just want to, to read the last verse to you, which takes maybe a little bit of the climax away. Um, but when you hear it, um, I, I want you to know that this is the abundance. I'm not really sure if I'm getting it right, but since I've been real, I've been coming alive. And I think that you'd say the same too. Hannah. And now I have to go talk after almost making me cry. Uh, I love that song. Um, I listen to it often. Um, and I listen to it usually alone and cry. This is my first time listening to it in a room full of people and then needing to immediately talk. So... Let's all take one more big breath. So I'm a, I'm a pastor and a preacher by trade, so this is going to be a little bit more sermon than uh, sharing, but um, bear with me. I know that uh, this might go a little bit long. Sorry, Debbie. No, it's not going to go too long, um, but it's probably going to go longer than we, hope, than we had planned for it to. Matt, if you would put up uh, the slides of scripture that I, I do want to share with folks tonight. This is Psalm 139. Uh, I have verses 11 through 15 here. Psalm 139 sometimes is used to devalue the lives of queer and trans people. But in the queer community, Psalm 139 is used for our thriving. Psalm 139 is one of the most important scriptures if you ask 
most, I would say, queer Christians, trans Christians, what is a list of their top five scripture um, verses or sections? And undoubtedly, Psalm 139 might be in there. So I won't read the whole thing, but as this church is walking through a, a book called Dancing in the Darkness, I do for sure want to read this one, and then I'll have Matt show the other parts of the slides while I jump into what I want to share about my story. If I said the darkness will definitely hide me, the light will become night around me. Even then, the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day because darkness is the same as light to you. The rest of this scripture eventually goes through the line that I'm sure plenty of people have seen before, but Psalm 139 talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made. So tonight, I don't know if anybody's a botanist in the house, but uh, flowers are really important to tonight. Instead of showing rainbows on the screen, I had us show flowers because as we're talking about flourishing and abundance, to me, flowers come to mind. And the lavenders on the screen are because lavender is an important, an important flower in the LGBTQ community. There are a lot of different reasons why lavender is important, but there are plenty of flowers. I sent Matt an article, six different core flowers to the LGBTQ community. Flower, pansy, those used to be slurs for queer people. And so tonight we have these images of flowers, and I don't know if anyone's a botanist, but I started to look up different kinds of plants that could speak to my experience. And there's a group of plants, interestingly enough, that can only grow after a fire. They can only grow after a fire, and they're classified in a larger group uh, that in basic terms are called fire followers because their blooming, their flourishing follows a fire. Some of them are beautiful and bright and they burst to life in a matter of one week, which if you have ever tried to grow anything in your life, you would know that one week to be in full bloom is pretty impressive. They use the heat. They use the smoke. They use the charred earth as signals in their body, in their plant body, that it is time to start blooming. They cannot bloom unless the earth is scarred. They cannot come to life unless the earth has been set on fire. And they use the very things that typically kill other things to come to life. They don't make any sense uh, if you think about it in the context of how other plants work. Right? And this is God's creation. This is creation too. It is not just the pretty flowers that come from watering and gardening and planting and caring and tending. They come from scarred earth and fire. A creation that blossoms after one of the most tragic transformations that the earth might be going through. They burst forward into bloom. So for me, I feel that my body, that my trans body and that trans bodies everywhere are a bit like fire followers. That we often cannot bloom until the scars are part of our story. Not necessarily the scars of abuse or of transphobia, but literal scars too. We thrive and often find our story sometimes in the pain that others inflict. Trans bodies are fire followers. 
we reach our fullest potential after a major transformation in our life. I feel freed today and every single day knowing that God is a God that intended transformation for the world, that intended change for creation. He did not create the world. They did not create the world. She did not create the world to stay the same. We are not living in the same earth as we were even 10 years ago. Things are constantly in transformation. I am also freed knowing that there is a God that chose to come in a body. As a trans person whose body is always under scrutiny, I feel so good for me and my faith that I believe in a God that chose to have a body in the first place. An embodied presence to walk among us, to experience oppression, to be with people, to tell stories, to listen to others, and ultimately to take on scars like mine. We believe that Jesus was resurrected with scars. In the story of John, Thomas wants to see the scars. Thomas wants to feel what has come of Jesus' body. Jesus was not resurrected in a perfect body. Jesus was not perfect and pure. Jesus took on scars. Too often, and you don't have to be trans or to be queer to know this is true, but too often, the church defines what a good body is. And this is going to be my second time ragging on that, uh, on that painting back there. I hope Bethlehem never listens to my sermons because it's going to be the second time I really go at this painting. But there's a painting over there, there's a painting over here, and too often we are led to believe that a good body is a thin body. A good body is a white body. A good body is a body with the experience of being a male body. We are told that that is the ideal body and every other body falls short of that body. But somehow we are supposed to see ourselves reflected in that body. We are held to an unrealistic faith body standard. And that I would say, I would dare to guess is a lot of us, even if you're not part of this community, even if you're not part of my experience, that you've been told in some way your body is not good enough. Your body is too much of something. My flourishing is rooted in a realization that God never said that there is anybody that is a ideal body. That's not part of the Bible. There is no part that says that a good body and that a superior body looks like anybody's specific body. And yet there are so many people in our world today, right now, trying to legislate what you can do with your body, what legislating how your body can experience the world, legislating the flourishing of people's bodies. I grew up feeling so many different things about my body, sometimes great things about my body. I was an athlete, so I felt that my body could do some pretty cool things, and then I was made to feel that other parts of my body were not good parts of the body. My body was too big. My body was too dark. My eyes were too small. My hair might have been too thick. My build was too masculine for a little girl. And my shoulders were too wide to fit into most things. And uh, let me tell you, they still are. 
It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to find a shirt that will fit this body off the rack. And then I experienced chronic illness. And suddenly my body was painful. Suddenly my body hurt. Suddenly my body was too slow. Suddenly my body could not do the things my body could do anymore. And suddenly my body was not as cool as I once thought it was. And suddenly my body felt like it was breaking, like my body was betraying me. And so in faith communities, I felt afraid that my body was not a good body. And then I came out. And then I transitioned, which includes changing my body. And my body suddenly looks different than how people would like my body to look. And suddenly my body became a crime. And suddenly my body became a threat. And suddenly my body was not just not a good body, my body was a problematic body. My body is not the only kind of body that is deemed to be a threat to the church. My body is not the only kind of body that the government deems a threat to our country. But let me repeat that there is no bad body because God created every body in the image of the creator, of the divine. Who else has felt this way that the church or that others or that the world or that yourself has held yourself to a body standard that was not contributing to flourishing? Who here has felt that your body was betraying you? Who here has felt frustrated with your body because it cannot do the things that people are telling you your body should be able to do? Who here has been told their body is too much or not enough? That your body is taking up too much space? That your body does not belong in a space that it cannot fit? That in disability, your body does not deserve to access certain places? But again, the Bible does not say that there is any superior body. Because I don't think that they probably thought they had to specify that there is no good body. Everybody is good. There is no bad body. There is no good body. There are just bodies that created in the image of Christ, and in the image of God and Christ. And those bodies were called very good. There is no way for your body to be wrong. There is no way for your body to be impure. Whether your body is painted, whether your body is young, whether your body is able to do the things you'd like it to do, or whether some days it feels like it does not listen to you. Your body is good if it is sick. It is good if you feel like you could run a marathon today. Your body is good if it is queer. Your body is good when it lays down at night with the person and the other body that you love. Your body is good if you have changed it, and your body is good if you have not. Your body is good when it is pierced, and your body is good when it is not. But there are so many ways we're all hearing all the time our bodies are not good. And so regardless of if you are trans, it is important that you leave here tonight knowing that there is nothing you can do to make your body more holy than it is now. Now, when you show the next slide, and then I will be done, and we'll move to talking about the way that God's body, Christ's body, blesses us in communion.
This is a quote by Reverend Nadia Boltz-Weber. She is a ELCA pastor and a public theologian of the church. She wrote an article, and she also preaches this when she speaks. Nadia did a lot of work on uh, uh, shame culture, especially in the ways that it's affected people's bodies and sexuality. She says that God saves us in our bodies, not from our bodies. In our bodies, not from our bodies. God can meet you where you are at in your body right now. Not when you think it is going to be good enough for God. God saves us in our bodies, not from our body. I find flourishing in these words. I find flourishing in Psalm 139, knowing and believing that my body was made a very good body. And tonight, as we do each and every week, we remember the way that God, in the experience of Christ, gave us a way to remember our faith and the promises given to us in Christ's body. That when Jesus gathered on the last night of his life on earth, gathered amongst friends, and he shared a meal, and at the end of that meal, he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after the meal, he shared the cup, passing it for all to drink, saying that this is my blood given for you. Drink. Do this in remembrance of me. And then Jesus prayed. We will pray as, as Jesus has taught us, remembering Jesus' body tonight. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to invite my friend Gracie up here to do what we do each and every week. And I will invite you all to stand as you are able and to reach out your hands to receive this blessing. No matter who you are or what you've done, who you love or what you've lost, where you've been or where you sit, there will always be a seat for you at the table because you are a beloved child of God and beloved you belong. Amen. Thank you all for being here. We invite you to uh, stay, to be in community, to mingle, or to run if this was way longer than you thought it was going to be. But we were so happy to share this room with you this evening. Go in peace.